When it comes down to it, we all want the brand we're building to be a household name. On the Whole Brand Podcast, we unpack the four key elements that create a whole brand. Your internal culture, your customer engagement, your marketing and messaging, and your visual identity, and they all start with your why. Each week, we cover one of the key elements with a brand leader, unpacking their why and what we can learn from where they are today. Together, let's make your brand a household name. Hello and welcome back to the Whole Brand Podcast. My name is Ian Stewart. I am your host and we have an incredible episode for you today. We're going to be focusing on the marketing and specifically messaging portion of the Whole Brand Framework. As a company, we are StoryBrand certified and we use the StoryBrand Framework in how we execute marketing for ourselves and for our clients. And on today's episode, we have Dr. JJ Peterson, who is the head of the StoryBrand division of Business Made Simple. Uh, and we are really looking forward to chat with him. Since 2013, uh, JJ has been using the StoryBrand framework to help thousands of businesses clarify their message in order for them to grow. He has a PhD in communications and has spent the last 20 years practicing and teaching communication theory. JJ has studied C.S. Lewis in Oxford, debated theology with filmmakers at the Sundance Film Festival, directed a documentary, served in marketing and PR for two multinational nonprofit organizations, and has served as a communication professor. He's spoken to thousands of people about creating a clear message and like I said before, serves as the head of StoryBrand. JJ continues to travel the world, uh, really facilitating StoryBrand workshops, keynotes, and helping organizations grow their business. You are not going to want to miss this conversation because it is packed full of value. Uh, and JJ really unpacks what the StoryBrand framework is, how we use it to grow our businesses, uh, and some of the pitfalls that organizations uh, run into when it comes to their messaging and marketing. So we're excited for this conversation conversation. Let's go ahead and jump into it. You know, in the whole brand framework, uh, we talk a lot about how having a very clear why is important uh, for your organization as a whole. So for you, what is kind of your why, how, and really kind of how you got to where you are today, and how does your why and story brands why uh, continue to point you sort of as a true north? Yeah, you know, we really got started because so many companies out there, I think, are so close to their mess to their products and services that they have a hard time explaining to customers what they do in a way that invites them into relationship that's really healthy, right? Like a lot of times, I think there was just a survey recently that basically only three percent of people have a positive impression of salespeople. Like literally salespeople have a 97% negative view from the public, right? And that's because a lot of times you go, like if I said to you right now, hey, there's a vacuum salesman at your door. Do you want to go talk to him real quick? You know, like, you're like I'm out, Yeah. <laughs> and, you know? And so a lot of times when you're, when you're trying to build a business, you obviously you have to get more customers and the way that you do that is through sales and marketing right you get more you get brand awareness out there you get people coming to buy things from you but what happens is a lot of people do this in a really negative way and they don't even realize it a their messaging is really confusing they're not clear on what they offer and how it makes their customers life better and secondly they try to make themselves the hero of the story. You mm -hmm. know, story is really a 
buzzword in marketing. And what I mean by making you the hero of the story is you're not actually connected to your customers' problems and their needs. You're just trying to sell them a product before you understand what their story even is. So all that's to say, when when we got started, that we're seeing all of these companies that are just struggling with this, right? They have great products, they have great people, they have great mission, and yet they're not growing. Mm-hmm. And we decided to create StoryBrand to help companies not only clarify their message so they do a clear one, but create a message that actually invites a customer into a story where the customer is the hero and the company is the guide. The company is the Yoda and the Obi-Wan Kenobi, and their customer is Luke Skywalker in their marketing and messaging. And when that happens, not only do they engage customers more, but there's actually a better relationship because you're not trying to just sell a product. You're trying to help people be the hero of their own journey. Mm. That resonates so much with my own story. I was a pastor for 10 years uh, before starting my marketing agency. And I had a sales trainer who told me, asked if I had experience with selling. And I said, no, I've been a pastor. And he said, no, you've had experience with selling the correct way. And that's getting to know people's stories and their lives and everything before you ever offer a solution. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly it. And, uh, you know, watching these companies and I come from a, part of my background is in the nonprofit world as well. I was also a pastor for a while. And I remember I worked for this nonprofit organization that did community development and there's amazing stories of transformation and unbelievable work that's being done. And me as coming right out of college and trying to be a marketer in that world, I was like, I don't understand why what I'm writing is not working, right? It's like, this is amazing work that's happening and people who donate and volunteer, their lives are transformed when they join this organization. And I was sitting there staring at a blank screen going, what do I write to try to raise money that changes the world? And it was so incredibly frustrating. And so once I discovered StoryBrand and saw how to actually do this well, how to position your customers, the hero, it just made everything, it it made it okay in many ways for me to feel like a marketer salesperson because I didn't before. I would have always said, I'm not sales, I'm not marketing. And now I'm actually really proud of that because I think we do it in a way and help companies do it in a way that is really more about a relational transaction versus just a financial, you know, commodity transaction. I mean, and that's what drove me, uh, you know, to getting certified with StoryBrand is really just seeing that the way you guys were doing it and and the way it all came together. So let's get into the meat then. And I want to have you unpack, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to have you unpack the story brand framework. How does this work? Uh, and and really, what does it do for people as they go through this process? Yeah, so story brand framework is really based on story theory and story principles that have been around for centuries. Like if you even go all the way back to Aristotle and Plato, they argue in poetics that the best way to move people to action is through story. And that and they even kind of like break it down on how to do that and they create a a framework really to say this is how you tell stories that move people to action then they those theory those things and other people have obviously contributed that over the years and years and years and 
there are what's been developed as really rules of how to tell a good story, how to make a story interesting, to engage the audience. And so the story brand framework is really based on that, those rules. This idea that there is a way to tell stories that invites people to pay attention. And if we were writing a screenplay or something else, there would be, you know, actually like 36 kind of points that we'd have to hit or 32, depending on the type of movie. But for the purposes really of its most basic framework, there are really seven elements to every good story. Every story you've ever heard pretty much like in the movies or books you read are really have all seven of these points. And these are them. First, there is a character who wants something. And I'll kind of go in a little bit deeper on each of these in a second. But there's a character who wants something. Two, that character encounters a problem. Three, they meet a guide who helps them overcome that problem. Then that guide gives them a plan. That's step four. Step five is there's a moment there called to action. And then six and seven are that we, there are stakes in the story. And we know that the story can end positively, have a happy ending, or negatively. Something really terrible can happen. And all seven of these elements have to be in a story and done well in order for that story to work. So, for instance, in... Um, you know, like in in the Born Identity, Jason Bourne wants to know who he is. That's the first part where the character wants something. And we know immediately the character wants one thing. He wants to understand who he is. Jason Bourne can't also have all these other things that he wants. Like he wants to open a bakery and he wants to travel the world and all this stuff, run for president. That makes the story too complicated and doesn't make it interesting. So the character has to want one thing. Then the character has to encounter a problem. The only reason a story is interesting at all is if the main character encounters a problem. If I'm telling you a story about my day and you're like, how'd it go? And I'm just like, well, I had coffee and then I sat around and I just, you know, then I got dressed. And, you know, you're just kind of going, okay, nice. But it's not interesting or memorable at all. But if I said... I was I had coffee this morning and all of a sudden a car comes flying through my window. You're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, no, it was crazy. Now, what's interesting is if I stopped the story there and I was like, yes, this car came through my window, then and then I'm like, so do you want to grab lunch? <laughs> You'd go, no, 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 tell me the rest of the story. Like, what happened here in this story? How did this end? Well, that's why having a problem that the main character experiences early in the story is really important. It hooks the audience and makes us want to find out, can they overcome this? You know, Liam Neeson has to get his daughter back from terrorists. You know, um, Luke Skywalker has to defeat the Empire. You know, Katniss has to win the Hunger Games. That has to happen. And the bigger the problem, the more interesting the story. Then we know this third step that the hero meets a guide. There is somebody that comes along in the story that helps the hero win, who's like the actually the strongest character in the story. So Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, uh, Gandalf, right? They're all people who help the hero win and that they give them a plan. Based on their expertise, they give them a plan and say, here's how to win. And you almost hear that in every movie. What's the plan? Here's the plan. Then there's a moment the hero has to be in or out, like a ticking time bomb is going to go off. 
a 24 hour countdown is going to happen. The hero has to be moved to action. If there's no moment that the hero has to be in or out, then the hero's not going to act. They're going to run away or wait and not do anything. But there has to be kind of this moment that they're called to action. And then we as an audience knows that the story can end, have a happy ending, and we're rooting for that. We're hoping for that. But we also know that everybody could die. Right? <laughs> we know that there's a sad ending. So that's the story. That's story framework. And and I, I will get a little, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I get a little nerdy with it for a second here. Now, so that's how all stories work. And every movie you've ever seen has those seven elements to it. Now, why that's important is there's actually a, there's a theory and a study in communication studies that's called narrative transportation. The idea behind narrative transportation is that the better the story and the more the story follows a rules, but specifically the language is called fidelity and coherency, the more the story sticks together and follows the rules, the more people, the audience experiences what's called narrative transportation. They put themselves in the movie. So, you know, if you've ever jumped in a movie or you've cried in a movie or even laughed in a movie, you've experienced narrative transportation. You've actually kind of put yourself in the story and experiencing the same things. Well, the study goes a little further and shows that the higher level of narrative transportation somebody experiences, the more influence that story has on their thoughts and their actions. So the better the story, the more it sticks together, the more people see themselves in the story, and the more that story then moves them to action. So they become someone because of the story. Yeah, they actually are changed. The better the story, whether it's a book, a movie, or something even you hear from a friend, the better the story, the more you see yourself as part of it, then the more actually it changes you. Now, let's take this and put it to marketing. So what does all this have to do with marketing? <laughs> the reality is, is that your marketing should be telling a great story that ultimately where the people experiencing it, whether on emails, websites, uh, social media, they actually should be experiencing narrative transportation. And the research shows that when people, that narrative transportation can be achieved in as little as a tweet. And the more people then see themselves in the story that your company is telling through your marketing and branding, the more they're going to be moved to action, to be a part of your tribe, to trust you as their guide, all of those things. So we take those same principles and we just apply it to marketing and messaging. And that is this, you want to identify the one thing that your customer wants. The customer is the hero of your story. So that's where that's really important. Your customer is the hero of, of your marketing story. So you need to be able to clearly identify what is it that your customer wants. In the same way that we know in a good movie, the main character wants one thing, the hero of your story wants one thing, and that needs to be very clear. And you need to put that on your website so people know this is my story. So if you are a business coach, you don't want to say on your website, I help people reach the mountaintops, <laughs> right? That's not a clear story. You have to actually say, what's the one thing that you offer that your customer wants? So you would instead put, um, get customized business coaching to grow your business. 
right? That's what we're talking about with the clarity and that the, the hero of the story knows, yep, that's what I want. Then the big hook of the story is you need to, you're, the only reason why somebody is buying from you is because you solve a problem for them. So you need to talk about their, their problems, your customer problem over and over and over again. On your website, in emails, that is the hook of your story. In the same way that like when I said, you know, a car came through my window and then if I was just to walk away, you're like, no, 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 tell me that story. Yeah. Well, same thing in your marketing. When you talk about your customer's problem, when you ask questions like, do you ever struggle with this? Are you worried about this? Are you tired about this? What that does is it hooks them into your story and they want to know how the story ends. So they pay attention. So identify what your customer wants. Talk about the problems they're experiencing. Then you position yourself as a guide. And that is actually the biggest paradigm shift of the story brand framework is your customer is the hero and you are the guide. So the only times that you should be talking about yourself is how you help the hero win. You want empathy. So you want to say, I am like you. I understand your problems and I have authority. I've already won the day for other people. And that's it. Then you give your customers a plan, a three-step plan of how to do business with you. So you're showing them it's easy for them to win. Then you have to have clear calls to action, a moment where you say buy now or shop now or schedule a call, something that is a clear call to action that lets the hero of your story know what they're supposed to do next. And what's interesting is there's a recent survey that said that 70% of small businesses in America do not have a clear call to action on their website. 70%. It's insane. It, just adding that to your website alone is going to make a huge difference. So clear call to action. And then you also need to cast a vision of what your customer's life will look like if they do or don't buy your product. So what does a happy ending look like? What, you know, what kind of things are they going to be able to do? What time are they going to save? What money are they going to make? Or what's the negative consequences if they don't? What's the success and failure for your customer story? The failure being they're going to continue to struggle with their problems and they're probably going to get worse. So when you can identify those seven elements of your customer's story, what your customer wants, what their problems are, how to position yourself as a guide, a three-step plan for them to do business with you, clear calls to action, and then what their life is like with success or failure. When you have those elements in your marketing, then you are telling a clear and compelling story that makes your customer the hero and invites them to do business with you in a very relational way that is interesting and I believe actually more honest. Phenomenal. And that's really what we've seen. I mean, it was the, I read building a story brand uh, and based on just applying it from reading the book, doubled our revenue and went, oh, I should probably get certified at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And then had yeah. already paid for my certification before I'd even left training because of just understanding how narrative framework works because of the work you guys are doing. Amazing. And uh, one thing I always think is really funny, I had a conversation with a, a client the other day around call to action. Uh, and they said, you know, I'm just worried that when I say buy now, I'm being too pushy. Mm -hmm. And my thought was, how many times have you gone to Amazon and thought, I'm going to get that, but that call to action is too pushy. So I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's uh, it's one thing. There's a couple things about that where I often talk to people when I'm when we're consulting with them about that. The first is that in a strong relationship, there actually is a mutual exchange of value, right? Mm. So we respect people where there is a mutual exchange of value. So when you ask for a, a sale and confidently believe and know for sure that your product or service can actually make their life better, then they actually respect you for standing in that, right? Like think about when you know, in, in dating relationships, I used to be a dean of students at a college, and I would watch these college kids walk around all the time and get frustrated all the time because they were like, well, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where we're at. I don't. And I'm like, well, have you asked her out yet? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, then ask her out. Well, what if she says no? Then she says no, but like, okay, like you don't want to just be friends. You want to move forward, right? In this. And so the reality is the ones who actually succeeded in getting dates were the people who asked versus yeah. like, Hey, being wishy-washy about it. Like let's study sometime or let's hang out in a group and not, and it leaves everybody frustrated because it feels like it, you know, especially in the business context, it feels like, wait, are you trying to be my friend? Yeah. And if you're trying to be my friend, then when you ask me for money, you're being a little manipulative about it because you were first my friend. And, uh, but if you just ask, one, it's honest and it's real and it's expected. And then the other part is when you don't have a clear call to action, when you don't ask people to buy, what it leaves them feeling is you don't actually believe your product can solve their problems. Mm. And so it makes you come across as weak. And your product does. Yes, it decreases your value. And so you want to be confident. Now, do you want to be pushy? No. The thing I would probably say to your client is the fact that they're worried about that almost guarantees that they're never going to be too pushy. So <laughs> I think they're going to be okay. That's awesome. So in all of that, what do you think is the biggest mistake that organizations are making when it comes to creating their clear message? The biggest mistake I would say, I mean, beyond the 70% of businesses that don't have a clear call to action yeah. is um, that you're not talking about your customer's problems enough. Mm. You're focusing on your product and the features of your product. I just got an email on um, on LinkedIn the other day, and it was a cold email. And just somebody said, hey, um, I looked at what StoryBrand is doing and I think you could use our products. And they just listed their products. And the first one said something along the lines of, we can help you with scaling your TAM. <laughs> Do you know what scaling your TAM is? I don't. <laughs> I don't either. And I'm a professional marketer. It has something to do with marketing, right? And I train people on this and I, I refuse to look it up. But <laughs> it's totally a awesome scaling like <laughs> yeah, so it was like scaling your TAM. And I'm like, first off, that sounds disgusting. Um, and I didn't know I was scaly to begin with. But they just like beyond that, there was like five or six products that they listed and features of those products. But I honestly had no idea how they would help me. And mm. I'm I'm never emailing that person back. Yeah. But if they had positioned it as saying, like, hey, so many companies we work with struggle with this. If you struggle with this, we actually have this product that does that. Or if you struggle with this, we have this product that does that. When you lead with your products and the features of your products, that makes you the hero of the story. Mm. But if you lead with your customer problem and then position your product as a solution to that problem with a lot of benefits for them, 
that makes them the hero. And that ultimately then creates a clear message that people know I need this product. So that's the biggest thing. I look at so many websites and emails and I just go, you did not talk about your customer's problems. So they don't know why they need you. Yeah. So on that, you wrote your doctoral dissertation. What made you Dr. JJ Peterson uh-huh. on uh, narrative-based marketing? Tell me a little bit about that process and, and kind of what were your findings within uh, writing that dissertation? There were really two questions I wanted to ask with my research, which was, one, does narrative marketing work? Like if you actually use narrative theory, narrative frameworks in your marketing, does it have an influence or impact on your ability to grow your business, get more customers, you know, make your employees more happy because they can write things faster? And the quick answer to that was yes, it works. It absolutely works. And there's like statistical data that just shows like narrative marketing is more effective. Then my second question I wanted to ask was who does it work for? Like, does it work for B2B businesses, nonprofit, B2C, you know, companies that are under a million, companies that are over a billion, you know, companies with five people, companies with 5,000 people. And who does it work? I, I tried to look at every variable possible, even if you were male, female, college graduate, all that stuff. Um, and there was only one variable that influenced success, one. So it didn't matter if you, who you sold to, what industry, your background, how big, small, any of that. The one variable that made a difference in company success was implementation. <laughs> so did they do it? <laughs> and to what degree did they do it? Yeah. So in our, uh, the way we teach people how to do it is first create a clear message with what we call a brand script. So identify those seven elements for your marketing of your customer story and write them down. And we do that in what's called a brand script. Then from there, you take those pieces and you put it in your elevator pitch, which we call a one-liner, your website, your lead generators, your nurture emails, and your sales emails. And then it can also go into any commercials you create, billboards you create, print ads, social media, all that stuff. So we teach people to do put that messaging in those places. Well, what the research showed that if you began and just put it on your website, you saw an increase in success. So a decrease in cost of how much it took to create, um, an increase of customers, increase of sales, increase of even profit, all of those things. And then, and so just one step made a difference. But if you did website and lead generators, now it made a bigger difference. If you did website, lead generators, and uh, elevator pitch, even more. If you did that, and then emails, right? Every place that you implemented it, the more you implemented it, the more success you saw. So that was really, uh, it was very fun dissertation to create because it basically was the idea that, you know, does does what we do work is kind of the question I wanted to ask. Like, I know we're doing this and we see a lot of success, but let's just dig into the data. So one, does story work? Yes, it radically transforms the way people do their marketing and the effectiveness of it. And two, who does it work for? And it works for everybody as long as you actually do it. Yeah. And we've seen that exactly the same thing, you know, working with multi-million dollar corporations to nonprofits to everything, 
if they don't do it, it doesn't work. And to the no. point where <laughs> our company, we've even started offering essentially a guarantee where we say, if this doesn't work for you, we'll give you free services up to your contract because we know it works. And so yeah. you just have to do it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's what that was really fun. And my background that kind of led to all of this was really in story. I did some I worked in Hollywood a little bit. I was a communications professor. Um, I studied C.S. Lewis and Tolkien. I actually went to Oxford, like went to this, not to the college, but to the actual city and studied um, Lewis and Tolkien for two summers and just kind of dove into narrative theory, narrative framework. And then ultimately that led me to to where I am now and applying it to businesses. So it's all kind of right up my alley because I'm a little bit of a movie and communications nerd. So I like it. That's awesome. What's the most rewarding thing about your job? When we see our customers succeed. Mm. I mean, just, it just, there's nothing like I can walk off stage or walk out of a, a consultation and know, like I did great. You know, like I can walk off and go, I had them in the palm of my hands. Like <laughs> not, it's not every time, but I can, I can do that and be, and feel good about the fact that I presented and did well, but there is nothing. I mean, I will tear up when I even just see somebody write a good headline on their website, because <laughs> I know it's going to make a difference. I did that the other day. Somebody sent me their website and that I had done kind of a consultation with and they sent me their website and I literally started tearing up because I was like, Oh, you get it. I'm so happy. And then when I hear that it actually like changed their lives, like they took that framework and applied it to the presentation the next morning and they got a sale because of it. I mean, that I literally will weep. It's just stupid, but I do. <laughs> oh, that's not stupid at all. And, uh, and you know, that's the experience we've had. And, and, uh, I just want to say, I'm so grateful for the work that you guys are doing and how it's, uh, benefited my life and my family. We got four kids and, and story brand has made it possible for, uh, for us to continue to grow and, and do this. And so thank you for your time today, JJ. And thank you for the amazing work that, that you and everyone at story brand are doing. Uh, well, thanks for being a part of the StoryBrand family. Love it. Thank you for listening to the Whole Brand Podcast. We hope you got a lot out of today's conversation. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources and takeaways from today's content. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a comment so other people can find the Whole Brand Podcast. Together, let's make our brands a household name.